What's up, guys? Winter is here podcast. We're uh, covering season six, and holy shit, a lot of deaths this uh, this season. Uh, Cody, Matt, and Adam here, finally on Twitter. Yeah, if we didn't mention yeah. that already. Don't ask me what the Twitter the, handle the is. The handle is? Okay. Something to do with Filthy Phil. I know that much. Yeah. Um, Tweet twatting. Twitter tweeting. All right, so uh, season six, man, like this... This season in particular is, if I ever talk to somebody that hasn't watched Thrones, I tell them, like, this, up to this date, is my, by far my favorite season. This is, like, the best season of TV, or, like, anything I've ever seen. There is so much shit that happens in this season. And there's, like, there honestly, there are so many deaths that some of the people that die aren't even really people that we've gone in-depth to, like, really discuss but it just it still goes to show you that these are people that have pretty much been in the in the entire grand scheme of yeah, things a lot as of minor them are, parts. A lot of them are are pretty major parts too. But this season just kind of shows you like we don't have time for any minor characters anymore. Like it's time to just start axing people off left and right. It is the weed out season? Pretty much. Um, so let's just get right to it. The uh, the Starks are are most of them are in a much better spot come the end of season six than we've we've seen from them previously um part of that is because most of them have been killed off pretty much um but aria this season pretty much completes her assassin training she becomes billy badass this season and from here on she she was kind of becoming one of your favorites and her storyline was fun but now we're done with all the bullshit it's just aria's time to start taking people out left and right and you, you get to see the uh the repercussions of her actions. She's blind most of the season. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, she's basically getting the shit kicked out of her by the way. Yeah. It's kind of dull actually when she's blind. It is because it's kind of, I mean, you know, it's not going to last, right? You know, it's a temporary thing. So it's kind of, let's get through this. Let's move on. But a lot of crazy stuff happens after she gets her sight. That's really the highlight of the season, I guess, for her character. So, yeah, so let's go into the the cult or whatever that she's a part of, the the assassins or whatever. The so men without faces, right? So Jacques and Hagar, the way I understand it, is one of those two has to die, right? Arya or the Waif. He wants one of their faces back, brought back to him. He he tells the Waif to kill Arya, and Arya is trying to defend herself to kill the Waif, right? Well, she gets. I mean, that's he a wants pretty, one of them. Yeah, one of them dead. It's it's bound to happen. Right. Waif hates Arya. She's right. jealous. Yeah, she's jealous. You can tell there's definitely some jealousy there from the you know of Arya's skill set and capability. They don't really say it, but but you 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 have the feeling that Jaqen believes there's something greater with Arya. Like she has something special. That's probably you know he probably saw that even from the beginning when she saves his life and then. Well, that's know. the thing too is he's obviously regardless of you know be, being nobody and being no one. Right. He still has to be have some sort of debt to her for freeing him. He was about to get burned alive, like you know one of the worst deaths imaginable. So he's got to have some sort of debt to her, and he's got to have some sort of like you know an emotional connection there because of that. So I think she's obviously got a leg up on the waif, and I don't know that that's very he ever nightish, told her, though, right? That. Yeah. Isn't that very nightish to have to like to, you know, I owe you a debt for saving my life? Like this is what I'm going to give you. Yeah, you see a lot of knights like you know Brienne, for example, she pledges to Catelyn. Catelyn's dead now. But that still... She'll, that she'll protect Sansa and Arya, wherever the heck Arya is, you yeah. know, at the time. But 
but pretty much she she gives her like a blood and that's very nightish she's supposed to be one of the most noble people on the show so yeah. it's very it's it's very nightish of him to say like and and then he gives her the coin and uh, you know you don't you don't know any of that from the beginning but he says you know give it to somebody um anybody from bravos and say what valar margolis yeah. and they'll bring you to me apparently that's all you get from him she spent she spent a long time training and that's something that you finally get to see this season with her and with Bran. Like there's a lot there's been a lot of boring events kind of going on and now we're we're reaching that apex to finally see what what they're capable of. So Arya Yeah, you think that Arya gets killed because the wave you know the way the wave stabs her Shank, takes dude. off and then in another stroke of luck the woman that the actress that she was supposed to kill ends up saving her and bandaging her up and everything and saving yeah. her life. So, like, it's... The Starks don't have good luck. And Arya's now gotten lucky twice, basically, there, with Jagan Hagar being who he was, and now, you know, her life is saved. So, the the one scene there with the waif was fantastic, where, what, she's standing there and she puts a uh, needle up to her nose and, then, like, cuts the candle out yep. yeah. and goes dark. And, like, that just goes to show you that, yeah, that shit was boring with her being blind, but now how much more deadly is she? Because now she can right. kill you in the dark and complete silence and you never see her coming. Which comes into play later on when you uh you get to see a nice little scene of some revenge with uh with Walter Frey. Well I was telling Adam this so that's very cool because Game of Thrones doesn't it shows almost all the deaths and it didn't show that one. And that was kind of a revenge thing because she had stalked her for, you know, Just the better part of a season. Or bringing her head back. To whatever Jockin, Jockin. So that's pretty much where Arya starts her ass kicking trails when she drops the uh, the decapitated head of the waif to Jockin and pretty much tells him like I'm not no one, I'm Arya Stark and I'm on my way to to start start it's kicking ass. It's a very ass. cool scene. Um, it's also you know it's it's kind of an up and down thing for her because she you think she's gonna die and she survives and then boom here we are it's like no more shit like it's time to start. Start taking more names off this list. So, um, Walter Frey is is such an enjoyable death because we get revenge for the the red wedding, and the way that it happens is also unique because most of the time in Thrones, when someone dies, it's you you see something happening where it's like violent or you'll see little clues and, and such. But the only thing you don't see and you don't even notice is none of his sons are there. So the conversation he has with uh, Arya that you don't even realize is Arya, she's masked herself as one of his like servants, is he asks where his sons are. And she says, they're here, my lord, and basically motions to his pie. And as he's like confused, she points to the pie. She goes, they're right here. And then you realize, like, oh, she's already murdered all of his sons and put them in his pie. He pe- peels off the top of the pie and you see like a what a finger or something. Something. Yeah, something <laughs> so you don't really know, but yeah, you know it's probably a human body part. <laughs> Things aren't looking good for Walter Frey and you don't no. feel bad for this guy at all. Like this is like one of one of my favorite deaths. Yeah, he's a huge dick throughout he's the entirety of dick. the show. He's just a despicable dude. Like you just can't stand him. No, you just can't stand it. everything about him. Like and then I think about him being in Harry Potter and I'm like he was that dickhead janitor. A stupid nose. <laughs> so his 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 death was uh was welcomed. But that was uh it was it wasn't as brutal as when she kills Mer- like Merman Trant. Yeah. But just the way she slices his throat 
and then just like smiles about it. But like even before that, like the way the thing that I remember about Arya the the kills that Arya has is like when she kills Marilyn Trant. She does that creepy shit where she kneels down beside him and just kind of looks forward as she like stuffed that rag in his mouth. And then she just casually shanks him in the side again. Like it's so casual. Yeah, it's and so then, cold. In this, she basically just looks at him and says, I wanted the last thing you ever see to be the face of a Stark. And it's just like she's not killing people. Like there's He's out for real. Yeah, super malicious yeah. intent with every kill. But this is one of the highest names on the list, so it's you know, not not it's not like she's she just you know sneaks in in the middle of the night slits her throat and then just you know rolls out or whatever she's not an assassin in that sense she has many faces so she could be whoever the hell she wants so she needs to see the pain or the discomfort that it brings whoever that you know whoever she ends up killing it's it's more you know and she she has the plain deaths where she's not killing people that are on her list or whatever and that's still kind of cold and calculated too but yeah. it's not as yeah she's not enjoying it it almost seems like she enjoys it oh the, she the definitely look. enjoys it, it like it, this is it's, all it's she's creepy but yeah this is all she's wanted to do she's right for six a, seasons taken upon herself to get all the revenge for the stark family and she's doing the best job she can do at it i mean if you want someone who can defend the throne Arya is the one i want but imagine how much more dangerous any other Stark is on the throne if that happens with Arya by their side. She's still a child. <laughs> yeah, and that's the crazy thing, too, is she's still a fucking kid. That's true. So, um, moving on to the other uh, Stark sister, Sansa, she's finally gotten away with uh, with Theon. They've escaped, finally. Um, she get, They get ambushed, and that's where Brienne comes in again, and once again, you know, and, saves and the Podrick. day. And Podrick. Can't and forget Podrick. Podrick. I'm sorry. Pod, man. Um, Pod, my dude. Can't forget him. Um, she once again, you know, pledges herself to, uh, to Sansa to keep that oath that you were talking about earlier, and this time, obviously, Sansa agrees. So, I mean, there's really not, like, a whole, whole lot that goes on with her until she ends up meeting with Jon. Right, so they meet at the wall, right? When yeah. They, when they come, they first, you know, come back in contact with each other. So this is, um, so they meet at the wall, and she talks about um, how awful things are. Ramsey. She talks. Yeah, she tells him about Ramsey. Right? Let's get into Ramsey though when we talk about John. Pretty okay. much with Sansa, what she's got going on is she's got Brienne of Tarth. So the Starks continue to get a little bit stronger. I'm sorry. They have Brienne of Tarth and Podrick. I don't want to leave him out. I don't want to offend Matt here. Um, but, you know, they've gotten stronger. She finally... This is this is a, like a big, big moment because how long has it been since we've seen two of the Stark kids together? How long has it been? This is a warm reunion. Yeah. Like, honestly. Yeah. Like, they, the Starks have not been together season, this entire time, one, man. Right? Like, they all split ways. And since... Basically, what? Since Ned was killed? Yeah. The one. only Starks that were together... Well, I guess since the Red Wedding because Rob well, and... Uh, yeah. And his mom were together. Yeah. Gallon, but um like this is this is big. Like you finally got two stars so, together. It, it's it's heartfelt and you see like the they hug and they're like happy to see each other, but there aren't really in the Stark family two people that were less like each other. Like yeah. Sansa and John weren't that close. No, and honestly, that, because she had her own like I want to be a princess kind of like two very different lifestyles. Exactly. John so, was the bastard and she Sansa's so much like Catelyn that it just makes sense that they never got along because it, you can still remember all those scenes from season one where Catelyn's just 
a complete bitch and cold shoulders John. So, like, it makes sense. So, it, it is kind of fitting that even though... It's really weird, though, to see it when she sh- when they show up, that it's kind of like, you know, screw all that stuff. It's just, it's great to see you. They hug. They're, like, happy to see each other. And then, like, you know, after a little bit, it's it gets down, it gets down to business. But it, it's it's nice to see that, you know. Finally even, so happy to see something familiar. Right. It's cool. not, you know, he hasn't met back up with Arya it's just him and Sansa and the two are, are kind of polar opposites and it's still like, you know, they make it all heartfelt. Yeah, and stuff you're like finally, that, so. the Starks are finally yeah, kind of... Yeah, it's a big moment. They're, they're getting their shit back together. But we'll, we're going to get back to John because obviously his part is huge this season. But going into one of my favorite, honestly, like storylines of that season was Bran. Like you get to see Bran and he's like eight feet tall now. Um, there's so much his metal legs yeah so much happens this season with Bran like you get to see you know the thing with the Night's King like he's having the visions and he you get to see him walk yeah he walks around quite a bit Um, you get to see you know the scene with uh, the Night's King where the Night's King reaches out and touches him Yeah. so you get to see like in this season that these visions aren't just visions like he's actually able to affect them at some point and you see it earlier in the season with the tower of joy scene where he sees you know his dad ned when he's much much younger and howlin reed which is mira's dad um you get to see them with you know the fight though they, they make a big point of the old school Kingsguard and how badass these guys are like dual wielding two swords taking on multiple guys and in that scene net or brand says he just speaks and Ned stops as he's walking up the stairs and turns around and it's like oh holy shit did did he hear that and then the three-eyed raven cuts that off and won't won't let him see anything else so you're kind of left up in in the air on that one but as we we have to give props to brand though right so we the last one we did was season five because you know we go in sequential order because that's sweet. <laughs> like but, like normal people. <laughs> but but one thing we mentioned in season five, right, was that Bran wasn't in the season really at all, right? So Bran comes back, like, with a vengeance. Billy Badass. Yeah, like, the, like this season is a complete, like, you know, I mentioned that to you, I think, off camera or whatever. Off, whatever, off camera. Off We're podcast. not recording yeah. this. <laughs> but anyways, I mentioned to you that, like, he he's taller, he's bigger, like, he, you could tell he's gotten older with that entire season of not seeing him. And it's kind of, they've drug his his storyline along for so long, you know, a couple of seasons now. And he wasn't even, you know, relevant enough to be in season five just to be like, yeah, it, it, he's kind of a different person almost. He's you much, know? he's really starting to change into what he becomes in mm-hmm. the season the seven. The cool thing for me was like, you start to see the history yeah, that's and you start going. He that's going back in time. That's the best thing about Bran's storyline is, even though like he's not affecting, he's still not affecting the grand scheme of things yet. Like from what we're discussing right now, but you're starting to get to see other things, and like we'll get into John, but you get to see a, you get to see a White Walker how they yeah how they become you get to see White how Walkers. those are created. You get to see that they're you know at one point in time there were more children of the forest, and you get to see why the White Walkers were created, you know to stop. Well, it's good writing, mankind. right? It's, it's good storytelling to use that as a plot device to, because you, as a viewer, we're the only ones that get to see that. We're the yeah. only ones that get to see, you know, it's not actually happening. It's kind of, you know, it's flashbacks from the past. So it's a way that they can show the viewer, you know, explain tons of questions that they've had, you know, 
but it's all been before the show ever started, so there's no way they're ever going to show it. You so enhance, you get these little glimpses of like yeah, you, what the, the you know the light bulb goes on. You're like, for like wow, shit. that explains a lot. Wow, yeah. that explains a lot. So you get to enhance the plot of or not. I mean, the plot also, but like they answer some big questions. Yeah, like some big big theories and stuff like that. That have been big big discussions before this, and you always so, wonder that, like you know. Is is it is this kind of going to be like a lost thing where they bring up all these questions and then they never explicitly give answers to them, and really that that's what this this season is about too. Like you know we're going to start answering some of the 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 outstanding questions that people have had from season one, two, three, super early on in the show. Yeah, and it's awesome. It is great to see. And that. it's also like it's just fitting with Bran. I feel like they use him to make him like you know you get to see how much more powerful he's become, but you also get some like loose ends tied up because like speaking of theories that we really haven't talked about like at all, you get to see Benjamin Stark again later in the season. Yeah. So like, there's always been a yeah. question what happened to him, and they use him in the storyline of show like, and he tells you like you know I was saved by the, the children, children of the, of the forest. forest. Like I'm I'm like half White Walker or whatever, but. Um, We'll get to him with with the big the big thing that happens in uh in Brand's story, but he's 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 moving the storyline along. You get to see how much more powerful he is, and then you just you get hit with a lot of pain. Is really what happens. Yeah. Like honestly, <laughs> like this this death that we're about to discuss is like honestly, Ober and Tyrell, or. Sorry, Oberyn Martell right. was, like, a painful death. But Hodor, like, that death is completely just a, a punch in the sack. So It sucked. It, did, like, it didn't have any shock value behind it, right? So all the, you talked about Oberyn Martell. You got to like him after, you know, a full season or whatever. I mean, that dude's face got smashed in. Like that. That's like one of the pop like a balloon. Yeah, that's one of the worst things like I've ever seen on television. And we'll or t- we'll talk about that more or whatever. Like that death and and <sighs> more specifically, but that I mean, there's a lot of shock value behind some of these deaths that are happening. And for this one, it's just like finally someone gets to be a hero, and finally you know yeah. he makes the ultimate sacrifice. But even in that, like most of the time when that happens, yeah, you've got you know that feeling of like sadness but you're like oh he did it for the greater good this was just depressing as shit yeah so like what i was talking about with the vision is the vision of the night king when bran basically like he's just walking up to the night's king and you're just like stop like what the fuck are you doing like turn like no don't please don't do this like dude what are you doing and then all of a sudden he reaches out and grabs bran's arm and you see the burn and then Right after that, you know, the that allows the White Walkers to attack the and cave the of the Three-Eyed no Raven. Longer safe yeah, nothing's safe. You see White Walkers walking through fire, shit's and you're like, crazy. oh shit, shit's yeah. about to hit the fan. So then what you get to see is Summer dies, Bran's direwolf, trying to protect them. Children of the Forest. The Children of the, the Forest. Forest the last one of those dies sacrificing herself, like with that grenade thing Throwing that she has. Bombs, man. And bombs. then you get to see, as all this is going but on. But this is all their fault, right? We'll talk about that in a second, but this is their fault? The Children of the Forest? Yes. Oh, it's 100%. Okay. So, yeah, continue. um, (laughs) Bran, while this is going on, you get to see this vision of of Ned. You get to see 
Liana, you, and I mean, not that scene, but like, right. like at that particular time. But right. you get to see like what we were talking about with the plot and everything. You get to see Ned, Liana, Ned as a kid, yeah, as as kids, yeah. And you also get to see Hodor, and he's talking. He's normal. I mean, he's obviously kind of big and maybe kind of dumb, right? But he's talking and stuff like that. And then when all this goes on with the White Walkers attacking, and Bran wargs into Hodor. And he basically has this seizure, and he starts screaming, like, hold the door, hold the door, hold the door. And then it turns into Hodor, and you're like, oh, holy shit, now we know why he says Hodor, and that's all he can say. And you're just like, dude, that hit me hard. But that's not even his name. No. But that's what, <laughs> that's all he but says. You, man, you grow to love Hodor just because yeah, he yeah. Just he's a been a great keeping, complimentary character. He's been keeping Bran alive. Keeps so how crazy alive. a twist is that? Is that like, that's not even his name. That's just, they just call him Hodor because yeah, no, that's all he says. Did not see that coming. Yeah. That one, like, that I was a, I that was a sad death, a man. On that, one. that was a really sad death. And I still, that one's probably my least favorite of any of them that happened. But that's super weird on a Game of Thrones scale, right? Where he's warped into Hodor as they're, you know, struggling, and it's affecting like the see what he's, he's warped into Hodor as he's in like a vision. What and you're it's about, affecting? Yeah, what like, you're bringing up is the part of of the show that I've tried multiple times to make sense of, right? And I can't because once you start dealing with like time, right? So and they're stuff they're like saying that, that Bran could somehow interact with the past at the same time as the present, right? It's he, like he affected the past. It's but like the past in, that already happened. It's like so. Inception. <laughs> it's yeah, like it's a dream inside a dream inside a dream inside a dream. What's real? Like how does this work? Because I understand what you're saying. I guess to streamline it, Brand's in a vision, warging into Hodor of the past to affect the now. Correct. And then one of the things I remember reading said, well. Bran can't affect the past like that to affect time because it was meant to happen, so it was going to happen. Right. It's like, I how does it. that make sense? Well, I get it that it's the past and that... It, yeah, I get it that Mind it's blown. the past that it that is a, it has technically already happened, but in that moment, you're seeing both things happen I mean, at the same it's, time. It's like Futurama where Fry becomes his own grandpa. Dude, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. My mind is... Like, I still can't wrap my head around So that's a new one for Game of Thrones, right? There's a, it, That's a new, you know, a, a brand new thing, screwing with your, your head with the past and the present and how the two interact together. I guess that's that's my point in all of this is that, that that's the first time that's really you happened. You really see that's, his powers like Yeah, that. yeah. It really it's shows, really it's really like, weird. Yeah. His I think are kind the of most lying. the most powerful thing we've seen him do up until this point is when he wargs into Hodor. Right. But even with that, that comes with that, you know, little asterisk of he's not all there mentally. So it's not like he's controlling like a normal person. But yeah, now you're getting to see like, holy shit, this dude is like he professor. The X. past that still is affecting. Don't the go present. back down that way. <laughs> you lost me for like five minutes there. Um, one other thing we haven't even discussed though with Brand's visions is you get to see the Mad King. Yeah, yeah, and that's huge because you get to see just like how crazy he was and the burn them all, burn them all. And then you kind of start to think like... Well, you get it from Jamie, you kind of get yeah, a little but that's But, but that's, like what, that's what the fun thing is, again, back to Bran, is even though he's not affecting everything going on before the, the White Walker attack and everything, and you see how powerful he is, you still get to see a little bit more backstory, and you see that the Mad King was crazy. So they, they, they utilize him phenomenally 
without having him really affecting the main storyline yet. And that's pretty much stayed true the whole time. There's always whoever's involved with the White Walkers has no effect or bearing on what's going on south of the wall, basically. Right. Right. And now Bran has taken he's taken that mantle and and he's the one dealing with the White Walkers now so that John John's story can change. And like we were saying before, John's season six is huge. Right. Alright, so we're gonna get right into John. So in the season five, uh John has been killed. We you know, you think you've seen it all. And then they kill off another one of the Starks. He's a sexy looking dead body, by the way. I mean, we're we're trying to trying to reach the uh, the female viewers Holy too, cow. so uh, or female listeners. I apologize. So um, yeah, he's been uh, he's been carved up like a turkey. They uh, basically Julius Caesar his ass, and things aren't going well for anybody that was tied to John. At this point, he's laying there dead. Um, Davos and everyone else has pretty much locked themselves up in a room to try to basically wait until hopefully the wildlings will come back and well, the, help them take Ed, over. The, I don't remember his first name, but the Ed guy goes out and tries to get the army, the wildling army to come back. You love Tormund even more now? Yeah. You get to yeah, see Yun Yun again. And that that opening part there where, what's he do? He grabs the guy? He grabs the guy by his by, leg by legs. and like smacks, smacks him, him off the wall. the wall, and everyone else pretty much is just like, all right, <laughs> um, it's like Incredible Hulk. We man. quit, we quit. Yeah, and Adam references that as the Incredible Hulk because that dude, like, he's massive. He's really fun to watch. Like, just, that's probably more fun even so than the scene where the wildlings are attacking the wall, and you see those big ass arrows being yeah, launched yeah. and impaling guys to the fucking moon. But yeah, it's it's a very a, Brutal fucking death for sure, but John, he's not dead for long. Hope or you know, good thing for us. Um, you get to bring in some of the more of the the magic part of the show, and now Melisandre has also revived somebody. So we've gotten to see that a couple times now. But they still, even though and even though they're bringing him back to life, they still kick you in the dick one more time, and they think they make you think that John's not going to come back to life. Pretty much everybody's given up, and then boom, he sits up. So, kind of what the wording you used earlier was pretty much gets right to work. All right, I need I need to make a statement here that the a, a main thing was that if you remembered and you watched the show back then, he sold it the entire off season. He went an entire year, uh, Kit Harrington, Jon Snow's you know, actor, and he made people believe like like they were filming this season, season six, and he was there. He's doing all this stuff. And, like, it's all secret. It's all behind the scenes. And HBO sold this death as being final more than, like, any other death I've seen before, I think. And, you, you know, it got to the point where, like, you know, there you hear about them filming season six and you hear about the cast is together and, they're you know, everything's ready. And once it leads up to that, you you're, you, you kind of were, were used to spoilers. So you didn't even hear the fact that, like, yeah, and and as it creeps in later and later, you're like maybe he is dead. Maybe yeah, he's really you hadn't dead. heard maybe shit. Maybe he's really dead. So you, once the season finally started, you were finally to the point where like if this dude is coming back, I would have heard about it by now. It'd be on Twitter or Instagram or you know you'd hear some leaks behind the scenes of of like shooting or some crazy shit, and you didn't hear any of that stuff. And and they really sold the fact that like 
this dude's gone. He's not coming back. I mean, but the and thing it's Game too, of Thrones too, yeah. so you're gonna believe it. It's Game of Thrones, but it's not. It's not just that it's Game of Thrones. It's look at what has happened to the Starks. It's Ned, right, yeah. you didn't expect Ned to get killed. Everything leading up to Ned's death was everyone talking Joffrey out of doing it. And then with Rob and Catelyn, you think, oh, shit, Rob's finally got, he figured out a way to make this not an issue. Right. And then that shit happened. Yeah. It's like, what do you expect to happen? It's the, If it were any other family, like, you wouldn't expect that to happen. But it's them, so you just expect John to be dead. Yeah. As someone who didn't watch Game of Thrones, I, it was spoiled for me, of course. And everybody's like, oh, John Snow's alive. But they did it so well that even when I was watching it, I was like, I don't know if he's going to come back alive. Like, yeah, like, if you don't I, think of they, it, yeah. They drew me in to it's, where I was like, damn, he might not he might not live. It's phenomenal. He got then, stabbed, you know, multiple times, yeah. And <laughs> get, leading, leading into that, that's what's so... Like that—that's what makes even though he's getting payback on Alistair Thorne and all the guys that stabbed him, they still—they yeah, still tug—they still tug at your heartstrings. And the last thing that happens before is John staring at Holly, and then you know he cuts the rope. They all hang, and then pretty much John's like, "All right, I paid my debt. I'm done." Yeah. So as soon as yeah, he gets he up, died. He, get, he died serving the night yeah, watch. I get, he I gets died. to work, and the last thing he does as a Lord Commander of the Night's Watch is hang all those people. Yeah. And it is glorious. It really is. And then you get really excited. Even the little kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Ollie, but fuck that dude. Yeah, he's a bitch. Not only is he the last one that stabbed John, he killed a Greek. It's crazy how, yeah. you know, they, they kill Shireen, and it's really awful. Um, and it's one of the worst, you know, scenes to watch in Game of Thrones. You're like, you know, she's a little girl. Like, they burn her alive. And then, like, you know, he hangs a little kid, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck him. Because you love Jon Snow, man. Dude's yeah, like a fucking winner. Game of Thrones just makes you a fucked up person, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it really does. It does. And he kills them all, turns around, walks away, and says, you Hey, know, you're my, the Lord my, Commander my watch now. Is over. Yeah, you're the Lord Commander. My watch is yeah. over. Peace out. Yep. So, yeah, that's, that's huge because now he's ready to go back and take Winterfell. Yeah, we learned that. You know him. Ramsey has Rick in hostage, and he's t- he takes a couple episodes to build his army up. He's going around asking people, you know. And that's where we get uh, introduced into Liana Mormont. That girl is like my favorite character oh, of dude, season she's six. So awesome! Just the no the no nonsense, like no bullshit way that she conducts she's, herself. She's is a little phenomenal. girl. Yeah, too, she's like what makes it awesome. Yeah, it's phenomenal, and that her speech. That is like the thing that basically turns everyone to John's side. Yeah. I will randomly rewatch that speech because it's that phenomenal. But that's the thing too that like even keeping with the Starks is you know John's alive again. We're happy. He's leaving the Night's Watch. We're happy. Yeah. And then you get with the the conversations with him and Sansa where Sansa's like, we need to go back to Winterfell and take our shit back. And John's like, I'm done. I'm sick of fighting. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's like, dude, come on, really? Like, even though we're finally to the point where he's out of all that bullshit up north and he can get into the main story, it's like, now he doesn't want to fight. Well, that's what you think is, like, finally he can be a Stark. You know, he's not technically a Stark because he's still Jon Snow, but you're like, now he can be a Stark. You know, he doesn't owe anything to the Night's Watch. You know, he found a loophole to get out of that. And now he can finally be 
someone to you know help that's us a, or to have been through you know a lot of shit as we as we know. That's a hell of a loophole and a very yeah. drastic way to uh, <laughs> to get around. Yeah, that. He was he was that no, sir. See, legally here, I was dead, <laughs> I which died. means my oath is served. I'm moving on to greener pastures. But yeah, I mean, it just it stays with the Game of Thrones whole everything they've done to me and every psychological way they fucked with me is like even though he's free now he just he's like I'm I'm tired of fighting dude they really put the Starks through like the ringer like, man uh, and then like waterboarding get, they waterboard the Starks getting back getting back to that even though so much good is going for the Starks like we were saying Sansa and Jon are back finally that's when you find out that more people that were loyal to the Starks the Umbers show up at Ramsey Bolton's doorstep yeah. with Rickon and Osha. Yeah. And then they pull off the head of Shaggy Dog and they yeah. throw that out. And the whole time, and I remember discussing this with you too when it happened, it's like there's no way that was Shaggy Dog. That head was too small. Those dire wolves are huge. Yeah. And we, we try to make ourselves think like, nope, that's not, that's not true. It's not happening. No, that's exactly what happened. And you get to see that very quickly and kind of getting back to Bran, Bran's already lost everybody but Mira at this point. Yes, Osha and Rickon now we find out are are have been captured and you know basically kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And right when you think there's that you know that scene with Osha and Ramsay where she's kind of seducing him, yeah, that's and then kind of a rough scene too. she reaches for the knife, and you're like, oh, he's finally gonna get what he's got coming. Nope. <laughs> nope. Stabs her in the throat, and it's it's brutal. Because like yeah. you've you've learned to love Osha because she's protecting Bran, she's a wildling, but she's still fiercely loyal to the Stark family. Right, and she dies. She likes she's like Bran, you know? she, yeah, and Rickon. She likes. Them, she wanted so. to protect them. She's right. like one, she's like a Hodor character. Yeah, like you grow to love a fully them. functional. They're kind of innocent yeah. in a way, you know. But like that's pretty much like as Sansa got a little bit stronger with Brienne and everything. Bran has lost his whole camp at this point. Like, Osha's dead now from Ramsay. Right. And then, I guess the other thing we didn't even discuss with how much of a piece of shit Ramsay is, oh, man. is the scene with his uh, stepmom and the, the his little brother who yeah, is basically... He feeds him to his dogs. Well, he kills his th- father yeah, first. At this like... point, you see that Ramsay is going to do anything Ramsay wants to do, and his men are so terrified of what he can do that they're going to stand by and watch. Right. He stabs Roose Bolton after he basically tells him, like, I have a son. I've got a son now, and you're worthless to me. Stabs him to death right there. But that's on the spot. after he had made him a, I don't know if it was this season. He unbastardized exactly. him. Exactly. He, he made him a Bolton. Yeah, he made him a Bolton. Last season. Last season, he made him a Bolton. So that, yeah, so that, you know, he did, they did the whole ceremony, and it yeah. was nice and, you know, wow. And, and then, stuff, but, chicken, yep, he, he got the fat chick pregnant, had the baby, and then what we see is more brutality, just complete brutality from Ramsey Six's hounds on him. And I'll never forget those memes of that woman holding like a box of cereal or like some sort of snack and I was just like Jesus Christ man like that's fucking brutal yeah that was a messed up scene yeah for real and you like it just continues everything with so many of these characters that have have had ups and downs like you start to like them you kind of start to dislike them for one reason or another it it, it was constant with Joffrey yeah. And with Ramsey. Yeah. The two psychopaths Ram- on the show. Ramsey takes the cake, though, for me. Like, yeah. He becomes for the ultimate. There's asshole. a nice buildup of 
dickishness. He just that does leads to despicable things. And it's funny. Yeah. It's funny you say dickishness with him cutting off he, he Theon's makes, dick. Well, he makes yeah, Joffrey look like the child that he an is. innocent child. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the big the big lead up and the big battle of this season is the battle right. of the bastards. So so one small note about John he's he's brought back to life by the the first time ever right by Melisandre. Yes, yeah. she never. And we're she supposed never to believe that he has no ill effects from this at all. He is one hundred percent after two days or however it seemed like a while, right? It, well, it was an for, entire off season of the show. It, was, yeah. it seemed like forever. <laughs> But yeah, but months. we're led to believe in John. He just pops up and and no ill effects. It's the first time she's brought anyone back to life, and it's it's that that part's kind of weird to me. That part's kind of weird how he's he he suffers no ill effects. Even I think Ben Bendrick Dodarion says that he feels a little yeah. Beric Dondarion feels a little more dead right each time yeah. he dies well but how many times he's been revived a lot too a lot right? a lot yeah, not right. like john has right but yeah that's true it i mean they're a minor thing they were just like man we'll push that to the yeah, side yeah but it's yeah. like yeah. there's no there are no he's ill alive. effects <laughs> we haven't seen yeah we haven't seen any ill effects from him and he basically you know you get to see him challenge um ramsey like and you get to see an actual intelligent move by John. Yeah. Like him and Rob are so so run on like they just run on emotion and they just it's, don't think. It seems to me like nobody has been especially with uh Stannis and Ramsey, nobody is willing to get as dirty as Ramsey to be yeah. as 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 bad as Ramsey. And exact so so that's kind of a one up he has tactically in 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 wartime and stuff is that he's willing to go the extra mile. He's yeah, you know, he's that, he's a get. dirt bag. So it, it's real nice to see the good guys get one, you know, for once. But even when that happens, you still like when you look at I guess like we're skipping this whole battle of the bastards thing. I mean, we're going to get to it anyway, but like yes, you get to see Ramsey die this season. But what happens before that? It the Everything starts off with John and Sansa talking, and she pretty much says to John, "We're not going to get him back. We're not going to get Rickon back alive. Right? It's not going to happen. Like John, no matter what Ramsey you do, won't allow it. It's Sansa, not going to happen. Sansa knows how she's lived. Sick that dude yeah, is. she lived with him and saw what he was capable of and what he would do. And she pretty much says to him, and that that goes back to what we were saying a couple of seasons ago, where. There's no wasted conversations at this point. Right. Even when she says that, you're like, all right, well, yeah, like, it's Game of Thrones. And that's why she, like, sneaks in that little note to Littlefinger. Yeah, and that's Behind the thing, John's like, you don't, you don't really get to see what that is. But as as you get to see John and, and Ramsey, John makes a smart, a smart play and, and challenges him, like, let's not kill our men. Let's just duke it out one-on-one. Yeah. And Ramsey's like, smart like, enough no, to no, be no. like, why would I fight you when I know that my army can beat yours? So as all this is going on, you know, it's a it's a hell of a battle scene. But the way that it starts yeah, is yet another kick in the dick. And it's Ramsey sitting there. He lets Rickon go, like, run. Just run. And John's standing there, and then he starts shooting fucking arrows. And the whole time I'm sitting holds, there. He just yeah. holds an arrow, a bow. Well, and then he, he's just yeah. waiting. Oh, God. And you're John's sitting there the whole time. No, the whole time I'm thinking, run diagonally. Jack. Run oh, my God. Zigzag. Zigzag. Why does he pull the alligator move, man? Zigzag. Rickon. Zigzag. But he's a kid. He don't know. He's Zigzag. The nope. whole time. The whole time. That's what I was thinking. I was just thinking, this is me thinking, like, he's just a kid, and he's just running. He's like, I'm going to get as far away as I can, as fast as I can. But, but the, the crazy thing that it shows, too, 
is it really shows how badass Ramsey is as an archer. Like, this dude is, I mean, he, he misses him multiple times, but not by much. And we're talking probably a very good 50, distance. 50 and 100, probably 100 yards away. Um, but the thing is, even with even with the way he kills Rickon, he doesn't shoot like a straight shot. He fires oh, yeah, way up in the Rickon air. There. There's suspense. Your John's, takes John's going after him, there. and then the smart right thing as he about gets that is he pulls John away from his army, and that's what he was trying to do is bait John into it. So John's out there, and then but, all of a sudden, but, but tell tell me this is not one of the most iconic scenes in all of Game of Thrones with John out front of his army by himself. Holding the sword as everybody charges Yeah, he at was him. real fucked in this whole <laughs> army. And then immediately you think again, like, oh, holy shit, they're going to kill John off again right after we yeah, got him back. John versus everybody. Yeah, it's like, okay. So then even with that going on, you get to see them, you know, the, the they're surviving. Everybody gets to John right at the nick of time. One of the best battles. It's phenomenal. Just to, just to throw but then even there. at the end of that battle, we end up thinking... John's gonna fucking yeah, die. He's like trying to crawl the pile, that's, and he's like suffocating. Yeah, that's what's crazy is they show you like they're the surrounded. only like it kind of reminds me of almost like Saving Private Ryan, where it shows you the the scene where they're storming the beach in Normandy. Yeah, and you see the yeah. bloodshed and everything. This is like they're showing you like this isn't like a normal battle scene. The bodies that you see. are piling up, piles, up. mounds of bodies, and then you get to see the umbers come in, which are you know the dirt bags of this whole thing because they've already fucked over the Starks. And they're the ones that turned over Osha and Rickon. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, they've got shields and spears. Oh, dude. So, big circle. And this whole thing's drawn out. And John starts getting crushed. And you're just like, oh, shit. He's, like, legitimately going to die again. They are going to kill him. And I really thought, like, damn. I thought he was going to die again. This is a real shitty situation. I legitimately thought. suffocation in the middle of a battle. Bodies. Yeah, how crazy is that? What a painful death. Yeah. It just shows you how smart Ramsey was, too, because he didn't use emotion. And I'm so messed up after all these deaths that I believe that he was going to die again. Yeah. So soon. But then... And Tormund. And but, Tormund. He was in there too. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, was, no I think Tormund I was equally die. upset about Tormund yeah. at this point. <laughs> Tormund's like your best friend. Like, you know, just pat you on the back and drink a beer. Drink 15 beers. Okay. Yeah. He's a giant. He's a big motherfucker. Then, of course... Who swoops in to save the day? Sansa. Knights of the Sansa, Sansa Peter with, Baelish. Yeah, little fingers. Once again, as we've always said, we didn't even discuss Baelish this entire time. But then, big, big moment, right when we think John's going to die again, here comes Baelish, God, you know, affecting that, the show again. That made me so happy, though. A noble, like... the most noble thing Baelish has ever done. But it's not even noble. It's not noble at all. Well, I mean... Because yeah. you know him. And there's no noble. There's right. no ability you, you to know, him. You know that it costs Sansa something for that to happen. For her to get him... Because at this point, right, we talked about this. He was... he was. Those are Vale men. Men from the Vale where he had control because he killed Lysa. Because of uh, all the other... Not Lysa, but... Uh, yes, Lysa. Lysa yeah. Aaron. Yeah. yeah. Previously. Everything so. he does is shitty. Right. And all Sansa probably had to do, and I'm going to be very vulgar when I say this, is rub that letter on herself and then mail it. And as soon as Baelish caught a whiff of it, he was going to do whatever he wants because he's in love. Let's not forget... 
that he's in love with an underage girl at this point. Yeah. And trying to manipulate things. He's a piece of shit. To be fair, he was in love with her mother, too. And that makes it better. Okay, this this takes me back to the... And he tried to marry her aunt, so that's just... Weird. Yeah, are you uh, you guys are doing a hell of a job for uh, for Baelish here. If I ever get into legal trouble, you, I want you guys to be my lawyers. Fair enough. Because you're doing a terrible job of making him out to be a good guy, to be completely honest. He, he did save the day, though. Yeah, he saved the day for his own selfish reasons, of course. So that's big for John. Um, even that's that just goes back to the whole start getting shit on thing, is even though something good happened... You're still not happy about it because it's Baelish. Yeah. And that whole thing was kind of awkward with Sansa and John because it was almost like they're trying to hint at some sort of a power struggle. And it's like, is John King of the North? Because he's not a Stark. But Sansa But was, Sansa, Sansa is a Stark. He's Jon Snow. It, it would she's not Sansa be, Stark. Right. It would not be uh, John. It would no, not be. It, sh- it would be Sansa. Right. So, like, that's, that's kind of an interesting little turn of things too, like with that is, and it just stays, like I said, true with, with the Starks. Nothing good can happen without something bad. But Sansa Pete. came through. But Sansa he... saved his ass after we talked about earlier in the episode, the fact that they had just, they, they were kind of polar opposites. And even I think Sansa told him like, you don't want to mess with Ramsey, right? She had pointed that out to John yeah, at some point or to some point, like this dude's dirtier than you would think. So, I think I think that's really, I don't know, it's really great that she convinced Peter Baelish, and at this point you don't know, right? You don't know what she one, did to get one, him. One of the like, best parts for me though was the ass beating John gave to Ramsey. Oh, right. Home. So that that's at the end. Not, right? not so, to jump, not to jump, not to real jump, quick. What you were saying is is very true, and that like basically <laughs> confirms exactly what I said. Is even though John was saved and they defeated Ramsey. He what didn't. did Sansa give up to get there? Right. Nothing about this made you feel good. And then they uplift you again right. and they get John beating the lily beat fuck the out, of, out of him, man. Out of but, kill him and but even before that, we lose another person, which was not someone that you really cared about. The but giant. you see Yunyun the Giant. Yeah, the yeah. giant. And the fucking he's he's taking a hundred arrows. He sacrificed himself. <laughs> yeah, but he's taking a hundred arrows and then all of a sudden here's Ramsey again with his bow and arrow. Well he breaks open the door to Winterfell, right? Yeah. Right in the eyeball. He yeah. sacrifices himself yeah. to shoots him right in the eyeball and he's dead. Doors. And it's just like, dude, like can this guy stop? And that's what makes Ramsey so dangerous is yes he's a psychopath. He's a good shot. But he's dead dude. Yeah. He's dead there. You've seen him kill people with dogs. You've yeah. seen him kill people with knives. You've seen him kill people like backstabbing them. You've seen him kill people like head on arrow. Hunting people down with a bone arrow. Yeah. Slaying people. Yes. Like the dude's terrible. And then you finally get to see him die. But even in that death, you get to see the toll that this whole thing has taken on Sansa. He's locked up, bloody as shit. They're having a little conversation, and all of a sudden, you see out of, like in the back of the the screen, you see one of his hounds coming out. Another He's brutal, like, "They'll never, death. they'll never eat me." They, you know, I'm their master. And then you see the dog lick the blood off of Ramsey's yeah. face, and then shit just goes to town. But what's most chilling hey. about all of this is Sansa sticks around and to watch. washes, and then she walks away with a with smile, a smile with on a her smile face. on her face. Yeah. So she kind of grows up in that instant, too, where she's like, I'm done taking people's shit. So what we were discussing, the same thing with Arya is the same thing with Sansa. Like, those two have have had just so many traumatic things happen to them, and now you're getting to see that... They're growing into people where they're meant to be now. But still, even with that, even if they, even if they survive everything, 
you're still seeing that it's taking a toll on them. And they have changed so much and they're just they're they're almost cold at yeah. this point. Yeah. And that's kind of what you see with John and Sansa also is like John's like the warm hero yeah, and Sansa's the cold one. But he also died too. It's like all the Starks have just been royally fucked. But we're they're finally on their way. Finally. John He's gotta be warm, right? He spends all his time in the north. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be one blooded. But you finally get to see that. I mean, you you one big thing that we didn't even discuss with John was big big thing was the R plus L equals J theory. The Rhaegar oh, was also anointed king of the North after that battle. Oh, I, and I, how am I going to skip that yeah. when that's Leon and Mormont? Because that, like, I'm telling you, man, I know I've already said it. I'm not going to go into it like big again. Still gives me chills watching it because I love that scene so much. He becomes king of the North. They're powerful. They've got. But the is, there, is, there, is there a little hint of jealousy from Sansa? Oh yeah, big for time. sure. Yeah. She wants the role. You can see it. Big time. All over and her face. I think she's pissed that they they he's not a Stark, and and yeah. that's kind of the divide between the two. That but they why is that happening? On. That's the key thing to touch on here. Is why is that happening? Experience because of Baelish. Yeah, Baelish yeah. being in her ear the entire time. Well, you're seeing a lovable guy. Yeah, like, but you're seeing you're seeing like still more shit like even though things are going well and those two are reunited you're seeing that even though this is happening Baelish is right there in Sansa's ear and this still could turn out very very poorly I think people see Sansa as a little girl still they just not in this season I mean in this season this is like where I really got to see like Sansa's been around Cersei Lannister not us but the people of Winterfell actually still see her as a, a young woman yeah, that's a good but, point. That's, but, yeah, you know, that's like, a good point. Cause John because John's lovable, and they, as the viewer, wants to leave. Yeah. yeah, you realize that she has. She's had, as a viewer, you're like, yeah, she's been through some shit, so yeah. she has to have grown from that. But yeah, you're right. As the people yeah, still don't. think of her as some. So there is, mean, there is some. But you look at back it back and forth there. For but them. if you look at like of anything that's happened to anybody, and I'm disregarding Cersei Lannister because she's responsible for right. the shit that happened to herself. Sansa's had no control over anything going around. And you tell me, even including Arya and the other Starks, who has been through more than Sansa? John. John died. Yeah, John <laughs> died. But Sansa was raped and had to live with it. True. Yeah. True. She Sa- was Sansa's- and not even that. That the more fucked up thing in that scene was that she's raped with Theon made to watch. Right. So so they do a good job of showing that John is not going to be completely helpless in that situation no. but that's why you feel bad for sansa or sansa is because you you feel like like she feels helpless and you can see there's that. nothing like, there's that she can nothing do nothing that she can do exactly and then you finally get to see her given a choice to do something and it's the brutal death of ramsey which you, you start was to, phenomenal you start to see her like getting strong and yeah. you're like oh damn sansa is not messing around anymore no and i'm not saying that she's not strong i'm just saying when you look at everything that's happened oh, yeah. to everybody with all of the deaths that have happened right i have felt that sansa has had the most messed up shit happened to her so that's right what worried me about that little riff with her and john was it's like how fucked up is she yes she's happy that she's back with him but now she's got little finger and we've seen yeah, she's been spending we've a lot seen of time how Baelish. powerful little finger is yeah so like that's what had me worried ultimately it hasn't came back to you know i mean he started to fuck all over this yet. shit let's be honest everything he's <laughs> like we don't talk about him until the big part of the season happens, and then it's like, oh, and, and now we're going to talk about Littlefinger, that motherfucker. So, 
back to the R plus L equals J thing. We're going to have to get back to what Brand saw. Um, what we were talking about with Bran earlier was his vision of uh, the Tower of Joy scene gets cut off by the Three-Eyed Raven. So now we get to see the end of that scene where you get to see, finally you get the answer of how did the most noble person in all of Westeros, being Ned Stark, come back from war a with bastard. a bastard child? How did that happen? And then you finally realize... When you get to see Liana and Ned and her kid, you see that she's dying in childbirth. You finally get the confirmation that Rhaegar plus Liana equals John. Right. So, so now he's a target. That is like crazy because now you've gotten you get to see not only is he he really truly is a Stark. He's no bastard. And he's not a bastard. Well, he is a bastard. I mean. I guess no, he wasn't because no, Rhaegar was a prince, right? He and they were too, secretly so. married, so he wasn't a bastard. So I guess you know whatever that. I mean, <laughs> ultimately that doesn't really matter. But but he's not a bastard. He's actually yeah. You get to see the, you like, get to see that, and then all of a sudden that opens up the whole Targaryen side of the story, and you've basically you've got the two very very powerful families, other than the Lannisters. And he's of both bloodlines. So that's huge for the story. And that was a humongous, right? humongous theory. We know it as an audience, but it's still not known in the, the right? universe. So. The first thing you think, I want to see if he can if he can live through fire. Right. Because he's a Targaryen now. So First thing I thought was, holy shit. I immediately thought of, am I going to get to see Jon Snow? Ride a dragon, like that's what we've been thinking about. I mean, honestly, that's what we've been thinking about since since anybody came up with this theory. The thing that you're thinking about is, am I gonna get to see John ride a dragon with Danny? Because, like, yes, she's powerful, but John's a warrior. Yeah, and what can he do on a dragon? So, like, that really opened up that whole thing. So, and now, and that's that opens up a whole another can of worms because now, if you're talking about it, now Danny is no longer the rightful, the rightful heir. heir to the throne. John is. So then that opens up the whole line of thinking, like, oh great! So even the the two people that I love most in this show are now going to be not seeing eye to eye because they're the two that are honestly the rightful heirs to the throne. So here we go again, Game of Thrones. Thanks for... Uh, it's you thinking as a fan. Cause, thanks for showing me that theory's true, and then thanks for the kick in the dick when I actually started thinking about it after it was confirmed. Yeah. Just... He always had a triumph. John pain. had some bigger bigger thing about him. Yeah, at least life. they like, answered the question. They, 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 gave gave they you, brought they it up, and they, yeah, they gave you that little taste. Hey, here's your little taste of the past. He's just too powerful a character, and like you get behind him so much, so many times. Like He's just the lovable dude. Well, we saw him brought back to life and yeah. thought he was going to die again and then found this out. So John really ends on a high. And, like, we always – we've discussed everything with him kind of leading up to this. It's not like he's just had, you know, a, a walk on a rainbow in a cloud. Like, right. he's had some really messed up shit happen to him too, which, like we said, just continues with the uh, the Stark name. And that's kind of what you expect from all of them. All right, so we haven't discussed Danny yet. Um, something I did realize after we did our last couple podcasts, my wife's name's Danny. Right. So I can't say her name and her reactions. 
or it's going to be confusing as shit and think that I'm talking about yeah. Daenerys. It, it definitely makes sense to us. So from not, now on, Danny is my wife. <laughs> from here on out. So, I thought about that the other day, too. Yeah, weird. Like, I was talking, actually talking to my brother-in-law, and he uh, informed me that I uh, I said King of the Hand multiple times in the season one. Of, Hand of the King. Yeah, I... Uh, I did not say that. I said King of the Hand. Well, we're dyslexic. I am too. Are, I mean, cool, are, are we it's supposed cool. to correct you? Is that rude? Yes. No, I, no, no, no. Not rude at all. Please correct <laughs> me. Make I, me I, out to be an idiot on the spot I, rather than me finding out after we've done five I enjoy that you're episodes. just as dyslexic as I am. So. Hey, mine only happens when I talk, so I guess I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good. Um, me too. But yeah, so Danny, she... Uh, oh, don't correct me, by the way. I'm oh, okay. Right Duly du- noted. I'm glad that it took us uh, to season six to start laying out the ground rules. Let me uh, write that down real quick. Yeah, make Matt, a note. Make a note Matt will notebook. be butthurt yes. if I correct him. All yes. right, so now that I've done that 33 times, glad you uh, finally came clean about that. See, season six was huge, and it also allows us to finally start delving into our feelings right. yeah. while we're on the podcast. And I'm just a piece of shit, so we're good. That's true, but that's been the, the standard since I've known you, so not throw anything new at me. <coughs> Adam's got a little bit of cough. He's been a little under the weather. We actually had to uh, reschedule doing a podcast because of him. But no one's bitter about that. I had no voice. Can't disappoint. My wife tells me frequently people. that if uh, if I did lose my voice, it'd be a blessing for her. But now that we digress. Who'd have switched spots? She'd been happy she as shit. So, Danny, much like the Starks, up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, season 5 ended with her being captured. Not a high moment for her. So as as things kind of progress with her, you start to get to see her treated like complete shit. They think she's a slave. Tells them, like, I understand what you're saying. I speak Dothraki. Right. I am a queen. I, I'm not, like, some random-ass bitch that you picked up. Like, I'm powerful. And they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait. Then if that's the case, then uh, we're going to take you here because this is where you're supposed to live out the rest of your yeah, days. Yeah, she's on that boring-ass... Vias Dothrak. Grieve City. Pretty much. So it's basically, it's it's her and the wives of other Kyles co- right. that have died. All widowed, yeah, Kalasar go. So just staying true to her story, she had some ups and now it's time for down, down, down. So you think that she's she's trapped, but... She's just not taking shit at this point. And, you know, you have the big meeting where all the cows meet and, well, I'm a Targaryen, I don't burn. And right, this, she sets everybody part, on yeah, fire. This part sucks, right? Because, like, Danny, you've seen her struggle and go through the, the slaves in Marine, all the stuff that's happening in Marine. We'll get, we'll get to that. But, like, you've seen her really, really struggle. She's still really, really far away from her end goal. And you're she's amassed all this power and you really get to see, like, she, really, th- this this is going to stop her. This is going to bring her down. This is what's going to happen. Whoa. Like, like marrying the call in, in season one is really, like, that's going to come back to be the... When she the, was forced to marry Exactly. Yeah, and that, that's going to be, like, her, her downfall. That's going to be the thing that, like... It's Game of Thrones, man. It yeah, could uh, happen. Right. It could happen. Right. We saw John die over supporting the wildlings, which we lo- you you learn to love the wildlings, and he pays the cost for it. There's always pain with with any decision made. That's what we've been trained to 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 know is going to happen. Right, but, even when you're like 14 in the books at that time. And but she, this is where she really becomes. Well, things really, Danny. even though like, like kind of what you're saying, like everything's kind of always a setback, and all of that is is to set up the plot. 
and waiting for everything else to happen. To fall in line, right. Yeah, so basically with her, you know, she kills all the cows, and then, sets you know, she firing, takes, sets them all on fire, comes out alive again, everyone again. bows to her, now she's got the whole Dothraki army. Damn, even so she's more powerful now. While the other thing, big thing going on while all of this is going on is you get to see um, Tyrion really playing the political game in Marine and, and not pissing off everybody. Yeah, and not being a favor right now. Like this is after we've seen everything happen to Tyrion. Tyrion's still been you know, he's been shit on, but you've always loved Tyrion and he's always made good decisions. Now you finally got enough like slowdown with him where you're just seeing the political side and you're also getting to see his actions are not are not becoming favorable with the slaves. But he's trying to do the right thing. He is. But that's the thing too, is like you even though he is, when you look at the slaves' perspective, you understand why they're upset with him. Like he's dealing with these slavers and he's a highborn guy right. of the wealthiest family in the world. And the slavers are the low of the low, so they they automatically have a reason to hate him because of that. So you get to kind of see that turmoil, but ultimately, you know, he he's smarter than everyone else. I mean, that's pretty much stayed true the entire time, and you just kind of get to see that more. I mean, he kind of kept things at an even keel while Danny was gone. He just kind of maintained it where nothing got too crazy. But that's and, not... And then... Yeah, and then her <laughs> fleet is burning, right? right. And opportune time for her to come back. So then you get to see, like, oh, shit. We're about to lose Tyrion now because now Danny's pissed. So here we go. Like, we've watched him want to get in her favor and run things. And it's right. like, oh, now she's pissed at him and he's going to be exiled or something. I mean, that doesn't, like, end up happening. But you get to see Danny start to come around. Um, while this slow slow plot line is played out, you get introduced to the Martells. The or not not introduced to the Martells, but the Sands get brought into the the picture again. Right. Um, you get to see Illyria Sand and just how far they will go to obtain power. And I not I mean in the case of them, it's not even obtaining power. It's that they feel that. Oberyn's brother, the king of the king of Dorne, right. is being a pushover, and you get to see him as this feeble guy. So you get to see him killed. They kill the prince on the boat on the way back from when the Lannisters are making their trek back to King's Landing. Right, and this is the guy that's supposed, right. This is the guy that's supposed to marry Marcella. Right? Yeah, and so you've seen Mar like we talked about it last season. Marcella's dead, and we're going to get into that with Jamie and Cersei and everything. But right. Marcella's dead. You think that that's the the climax of this whole whole thing going on? Yeah, the whole Dorn story. And then all of a sudden, you see two of them challenging the prince, Oberyn's son. And before anything can even happen, one of them stabs him in the back of the head yeah. with a spear. Fucking brutal. The Me Too movement rolls in. Yeah, <laughs> the women are taking over, <laughs> pretty much. And that's like what from everything that that I've heard about uh, George R. R. Martin is he's very like you know feminist, right? And everything like that. So that's what everybody's kind of playing into. Is like, oh, the, oh. Women, the women are strong. Cersei's one of the strongest characters in the whole game or whatever. And yes, that is in air quotes. But, you know, it, it, it really is a game. And, and sir, that's, you know, the women, it, it goes to show, like you said, the guy is weak. And that's what they haven't liked yeah. about the leader of Dorne for a while. And they liked Oberyn. He was, 
you know, he had a smooth, he was a smooth talker. Very charismatic. Fight, very charismatic. So they, they thought of him as weak with the decisions that he made last season in handling Marcella. And so that they're stronger and they took care of it. In no other show, movie, anything, will are women so well-equipped to do things themselves? Like, it's not like they... In another movie, if someone, if a king's going to get killed, a woman will bang a dude or flirt with a dude, and then he'll do what she needs him to do. Or needs her to do. This They're, is the women committing the crime. So Illyria is the one that killed Marcella. Her daughters are the ones that killed the prince. She kills the king. Like, they're the ones doing this and putting things in motion. The but same it thing wasn't, with... it wasn't like that in, from the beginning. Even no. Cersei, kind of, it was, you know, she she only married Robert. Robert cheated on her with, what, 20-plus, you know, all the all the bastards that Joffrey had to kill. Up until... And, and, and they were kind of just in, in the, the back wing. And yeah, they're, they're, just, they're, they're just waiting for the men to make their dumbass mistakes. Well, pretty exactly. much what happens, exactly. like, not to, like, cut you off, but everything that's happened to women prior to this season is pretty much... Oh, I mean, even, like, Danny included in that. They're the ones that are getting married off to people. They're not the ones control. Like yes, they're they're affecting the game, but they're not the ones that are making the power moves. It's someone else making them do something, and then them working around their circumstances. Now we're seeing that's Marjorie, right? That's Marjorie's character, the temptress. Pretty right? much, they're, they're pretty much like yeah. I I know what what my family wants me to do, and I'll marry. You know, she went from. Renly to Joffrey to Tommen right down the line and she was always there to seduce whoever she, was you know, you, whoever was going to be in power. You appreciate her being able to make the worst of a shitty situation but now at this point you're seeing female characters making the moves. John would have died unless Sansa made whatever deal she made with Baelish. Right. You see Arya basically saying, fuck this, I'm doing my own thing, I've got people to kill. She's controlled her power. Danny, at this point, is making power moves to get to where she needs to be. Like, it started off with her being married off to Cal Drago, and everything's happening, but, like, they're finally, they're grabbing the reins and taking control of things, and we'll get to what Cersei does a little bit later, but... But you're you're getting Let's not to see about Elena Tyrell either because that chick. she's yeah, been true. she's been strong true. she's been strong the entire the time. entire time. But it's it's just the the different levels of the women are yeah. in power. Well, yeah, her, yes. her telling Marjorie, you really think I'd let you marry that yeah, monster? The like, different levels like, of strength. Like this the woman has. Chick killed the strong Joffrey. the strong male characters left are playing basically second string fiddle to. The females that they're involved with. You've got John and Sansa. Sansa saves him with bringing the Knights of Vale or Knights of the Vale. Jamie, he's tied to Cersei and everything, and he's doing what they tell him to do. Like right. every like the female characters are the we've, ones calling the shots. And we've talked about those two characters mainly, especially John. John is not known for making the best decisions necessarily. Same with Jamie, honestly. Jamie is, was more in the past interested, and in, there's been an evolution in his character, especially after he lost his hand. And like, what what matters the most to him, and like what he actually gives a shit about. But yeah, John's John's been known for making bad decisions plenty of times. So it's it's like the women are in charge, and they're the ones that are not going to fuck up. And it's like, and all the dudes keep dying too. Like, yeah, just weak as shit. The women are the ones in power, and the men's are the one. The men are just fighting the battles. Basically, yeah, the women are dictating everything, everything right that's now. going on. So, I mean, at this point, Danny, she's got, she's got a, an army now. 
she's got the Dothraki army yeah, on top of already having the what is it, the Second Sons, and she's got, she's got the she Unsullied army. She Tyrion. And that's the big thing Tyrion with Tyrion is, is he ends up the being the big thing that like with Tyrion for me this season was the scene with him freeing the dragons. The only people that you've seen deal with the dragons so far is Danny. That's it. Anyone else that's come into contact with him has been burned alive. That's it. Well, the ones that stole them, but, you know. Well, yeah. but they, how big were they? Yeah, they like, just, we're talking like... They still burned him. Over. Yeah, we're talking like... Dress. We're talking <laughs> big drag, big powerful dragons at this point. So, like, that was a very powerful scene. Yeah, and that was scared as fuck. Yeah, but that to me, like, one of the big theories that you'd always read was Tyrion is not a Lannister. He's a Targaryen. And that's why... Tywin hates him so much is because he's not a real Lannister. And there are conversations that, you know, could definitely back that up. But then I always think of that scene where um, him and Jorah are on that little boat right before they get attacked by the stone people and he sees the dragon for the first time. I was like, that's confirmation to me that he could be a Lannister and him seeing a dragon, that's why that scene is so crucial. You mean he could be a Targaryen? Or a Targaryen, my bad. Yeah. Wait, were you allowed to correct me or no? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, let, right. let me let me check my notes. Yes, <laughs> that's always right. Got it. Um, yeah, but that's like that to me. Like I I thought back to that scene. Like he could be a Targaryen, and that can make total sense as to why he doesn't fit in with the rest of the Lannisters and everything. True, like that. but that doesn't. Dis- I mean, he oh, had to have. Will we ever learn that though? That's who knows. Yeah, if, hopefully, hopefully. If we do, hopefully. it will be through one of Bran's visions. Yes, yeah. it will. But, but Danny, the balls just to go down there. And, oh yeah, and he and, was done with his family. Everyone had given up on him. Size I mean, it, yeah. At that point, like he doesn't have a lot to lose, and it this could be a big move for him to save them because at this point, the whole fleet has been burned. It's on fire. Um, what the Yunkai and uh, the other city that I can't think of the name right now. Um, they've <laughs> both been one. taken over by the slavers. Right. So while Tyrion's making all these moves to get everything back like just calm down before Danny comes back she comes back and was like what the fuck is going on here everything starts to kind of fall in their favor again and it culminates with Tyrion Bank being made hand of the queen or as you might also hear on this podcast <laughs> king of queen the queen of the hand oh, of the I might throw in a king of the hand as long as we're all clear I mean hand of the queen so, you know, he still ends up getting back in favor with Danny, so things are still going up for her. Um, but basically, it's it's pretty badass what happens is she comes in riding her dragon. They're torching everything with in the sea. The Dothraki. And the Dothraki are taking everything on the streets, led by her love interest. Um, and then the the my favorite scene of this whole season is where you get to see Grey Worm kill those the the slaver slave master he kills two of them two, two of three two right? of three yeah, yeah. One, so one that swipe. scene that scene just kind of just kind of show you how the tide has changed they're having that discussion they're like yeah like so we're here to uh to discuss a treaty right like a surrender like terms of surrender and Danny's like, oh, yeah, we are. We're here to discuss surrender. Yeah. However, you're surrendering to me. I'm not surrendering. <laughs> you are. So it's pretty much your choice. And then you get to see how slimy those guys really are. And it also shows you how strong Danny is. Yeah. 
She's just, it's a very like a, a powerful scene, and it ends with the culmination of Grey Worm pulling out his knife, cutting two of the guys' throats. Keep, keep one. He kept they, one alive. They as keep, a message. They keep one alive. Just to send them back and be like, "You tell them, tell everyone what happened here." I got dragon right. bitch. It's a, like, yeah, but it's a situation she resolved without burning someone with her dragons. Which is big because it's kind of disappointing for me. Well, but true, but, true, but true. politically, <laughs> I know what you're meaning. Politically, <laughs> it's a great move, and that is spurned by Tyrion, and that's why she makes him her top advisor. She's not, he's I can't not a say yes what man. it is because I'll fuck it up. But her top advisor. <laughs> that's what we'll just say from here on. Hand out. of so, the queen. <laughs> whatever, dude. Queen of the hand. Got it. Um. So I mean, like it. Everything ends with her being on top. We kind of got sidetracked off of uh, off of Dorne and everything, but at that point, you now have the culmination is she's got the Dothraki army right. now. After this season, she's got three dragons. She's got three dragons again, full grown. You also get to see Theon and Yara come back and pledge their allegiance to her. the The, yeah, the strong character their- that we get to introduce this season is Euron Greyjoy. Who you can see is a just complete psychopath. Yeah, you also like him though. You do. He's like a for some reason. Psychopath. He's like we've we've only gotten got, psychopaths he, that are Joffrey well, he's got and charisma. and Ramsay, well, and, and he kills like, Euron Greyjoy, who's been a complete asshole the entirety like a, of the show. So you're Baylon, like, but no, Baylon. but that's not Baylon, Greyjoy. That's not. Sorry, yeah, that's not. Euron. I feel like that's not a fair statement. He's been a grumpy dickhead, and I'll give you that. <laughs> but when you say he's been an asshole, and I'm using air quotes on that, right? You're talking about shit that Baelish has done. Euron hasn't done anything to like fuck anybody over or anything That's like that. True. He's just been a grumpy dick. He's had no control Balon. of the actual Balon. Why do we Balon not Euron? This yeah. whole podcast Balon. is fucked. Sorry, Balon. Yes. He's just been an asshole. That's it. And then you see Euron come in and he throws him off the bridge. And it's like, oh, this dude's not fucking around either. And you know immediately. He's like the Stone Cold Steve Austin. Pretty much. Of- Pretty much, but that's the thing. Game is you, don't, to me. you don't grow to love him like you do, like a Stone Cold, <laughs> because of the more of the shit that he does. But but he does do that one ritual thing where he like kills himself, right? They drown him. They yeah, drown him, just... and he comes back to life. Like, and that's that's a big shocker because you think that with with Balon Greyjoy being dead, and Theon giving Yara, Yara her is... support or his support. She's going to take but over. It, but it came down to the speeches, and you're on fucking destroyed He, he did have a better speech. He did. Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right, I get so, it. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, so they leave. I can't right? argue Full that. circle. I can't so they leave that. once he takes control of, you know, now he's the man. So they leave, right? So They, they took go, all the best ships, But they ships take too. the best ships. They take the best ships, and they show up at the most opportune time to finally meet Danny. Right, we just talked about Danny. So they show up at the perfect time because Danny's like, "I just locked this shit down." It's what has she control. needed this entire time? Ships. She has needed a fleet to get yes. across yeah. the oceans to get to Westeros. You also know that the finally Do- the Dothraki are not a seafaring. People. No, they are not. So they don't build <laughs> ships. They don't. You know, they they they're and anti- they don't handle being on ships. Yes, very well. yes. So you you learn that, and they at the perfect time they show up. They pledge her allegiance to her, and they say, "Let's let's do this." And you also get like a weird like lesbian vibe. Yes, yeah. very very lesbian vibe. Like is wait a Between minute is Yara and, is uh, Danny, and Danny is Danny and, and Yara gonna hook up? Like well, this is weird. I mean, her brother also, you know, 
fingered her on a horse, so. That's true. She did get fingered. She, but the thing, the fucked up thing about that was Theon didn't know who she was. She, she, she knew who Theon was. She knew who Theon was. And knowingly let her brother yeah. finger bang her <laughs> on a horse. So I'm saying, who knows what Yara is? She's a wild card. And the other thing, too, is like, even though that whole, like, the brother sister relationship's getting better after she came back to, like, save him and he didn't want to and climb back in the cage like a dog, it shows that whole brothel scene where she makes comments about having fun or whatever. And, like, the whole time you're thinking, like, wait a minute, Theon doesn't have a dick. That's kind of, that's kind of cruel to take your dickless brother to a whorehouse. No, is this also the scene that where we, you talked about Grey Worm, right? Where he gets to next see, season. no, I think it's next season. No, where he hooks up with the what's her name? Masande. 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 I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, think don't it's next I don't season. know. I don't know. I think okay. that's next season. Though. I think it is. My mistake, but yeah, well, that's, that's two weird it's things weird. that happen to dickless men. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of dickless men, Varys is the one that brings uh, the Tyrells and the Martells. Kind of, you get to yeah. see their allegiance to Danny as well. So, she's gained the Dothraki. She's now got a fleet to get her to Westeros, and on top of that, looking up. She's her. got the Martells, so who because, are deadly, and now she's got the Tyrells, who financially can back her. And then on top of that, she's got, I mean, honestly, the smartest of the Lannisters, in Tyrion. Things are like. Looking up, like the way the things end, John and Danny are both on their way up. Really strong. And they're both, you know, and then that kind of leads back to the whole Targaryen thing. So, like, it's like, it's very strange that all of a sudden they're kind of up at the top and ending things on a high note for once. And because you're not used to it at all. But. Well, like we were talking, the, the, the woman movement, it's full and strong. And that leads to Cersei. Oh, and then we finally, finally get to see... Something looking up for her. Seriously, you start to uh, really reap the uh, the benefits that she she, fin- that she, yeah. she truly deserves. She starts to unravel a little bit, though. She and does. It's, it's so <clears throat> fun to finally see. It's fun to see how she solves problems. What, what, what her... Because she's very smart. She's very smart. She just has a very... She's not as psychotic as Ramsey, but she's willing to do w- whatever it takes as long as she. I disagree have, with you. Well, as long I as do she too. doesn't have to get her own hands dirty. I disagree with never, you. I think she's more psychotic. She is equally as psychotic okay, as you've Ramsey. Never seen but her the difference is strangle anybody. She doesn't have to. Yeah, she doesn't that, get her hands because dirty. she's the, the one difference. who actually has the power because you know. She's controlling the people at King's Landing. Yeah, she's that much more powerful than Ramsay because she doesn't have to get any blood on her hands. She knows no one will step within 10 feet of the mountain who is at her side at all times. That's, those scenes I remember, like, that. You, so you see that guy talking shit about seriously singing that song, and then you see him step off into a shadow, and you're like, oh, this probably isn't good. And then you see the mountain... <laughs> And just the way he grabs that guy's cranium and smashes him oh, against the man. wall, just so casually. It's like this, too. It's so quick. Like, isn't this, the dude taking bam. a piss? Isn't he taking a piss and turns around and starts pissing on the mean. mountain's boot and he picks him up and smashes just, his face just, in? He just rams his head against That's the wall. That's brutal. Yeah. Like, you, what you see right then and there is he's more brutal now 
than he was well, he has, when he killed he has no thoughts Oberyn. or like he's emotions just emotions anymore. He is a big he's psychopathic a, serial killer he's a zombie killing at this point. He's like a big killer Frankenstein. Yeah. He's like a dude you'd be like, hey man, go kill this dude. And he'd be like, all right. And you get to see you don't even um, have to pay him. The the Lannister army is scared of him. You get to see, and we'll we'll get to that. But he fucking literally grabs the dude by his chin and rips his head off. Yeah. Of the Faith Militant, right? Like, the spino. Everything involved, like that's some Mortal Kombat fatality. Yeah, you, you get, was, you get yeah. quite a look from what Lancel Lancel Lannister when he sees that guy's head get ripped off, and that's when there's like ten of them, right? There's like ten of them in front of the mountain. He There's plenty, one and, yeah. And, and his his eyes get so big, and they're like, "We're out of here." Nope, then, <laughs> nope, we're out. Ten on one, he'll rip all our heads off. We're out. Yeah. So I mean, it's a it, it starts off a very painful season for Cersei. Right. Regardless of of the fun we had with the mountain, she finds out that Marcel is dead. So now two of her children are dead, both of them being poisoned. Right. Which is kind of weird in a way. So her prophecy that we saw in season five is kind of coming true. Two of her three kids are dead. But this season with her, it's not so much of everything else going on, like with the wall and Danny and everything. All Everything involved with Cersei is with the High Sparrow and Tommen. I'm just gonna go ahead and throw and, it out well, here now. She sends Jamie to River Run and take River Run back. Yeah, Jamie. I, I honestly, I think we talked about that in season five for whatever reason, probably because we were hammered when we did probably, season five. Yeah. But we talked about the whole River Run situation. Yeah. But that's that's the big thing with Cersei this season is it starts off with death, and then as the as things progress, you get to see like you've already seen her do in season five her walk of shame basically. Yeah. And she's completely embarrassed and, and basically at her lowest moment that we've seen at this point. And things aren't getting better for her. You get to really see how much of a flaky, spineless bitch that Tommen is and how easily influenced he is. This whole time, you're thinking, well, it doesn't matter what happens to Cersei with the High Sparrow. She's going to get a trial by combat. The mountain will go in for her. And she'll come out completely free. And then you get the big scene with the the Tyrell army and Jamie leading the charge yeah. and they're gonna save Marjorie and then yeah. all of a sudden Tommen, now that he's got a spine for two seconds, no more trial by combat. Nope. He never really backed Not him happening. Out. He was nope. always for the for the, the high he's, Well the, he was he was for Marjorie first. You know, that's, Marjorie. And and then that, that we talked about that last time about how worried that Cersei was getting that she was losing control. So that's what we talked about. And it never that, gets better. Well, right? The season where... comes in. That's her. It's her fault mostly. And you know they start raining down. But that's one thing. Obviously, she didn't see was that Toman would would fall into that that kind of mindset. And that that it's kind just... of becomes. It's a lot of who he becomes as the king. But we also see like Marjorie get arrested by the by the right and Loras too, right? Loras that was last season, right? Yeah, we talked but about that. To... But that that was kind of what one thing was that they were in in control. Was that oh, yeah. Toman has become almost controlled by the faith, and that's become a major way. He even says it in the show: "Is I want to bring the faith and the crown together." And and have those two kind of together. So he's kind of this is like where the season where you see Marjorie kind of accept 
Yeah. She yeah, atones she for yeah, her sins. Yeah, she's been through enough, and she's finally where Cersei's at. But like, she still gets off well, of the, the rose. Right. It's so, all right. it's all a, she, a big trick. The, uh, the Game of Thrones trick in sucking yeah. you into thinking that things are going to turn in your favor, <laughs> and they don't. Right. You see Tommen being manipulated by so Marjorie. By, on both sides, though, But, too. but yeah. you see it by Marjorie first, and then you start to see the High Sparrow take over, and then you yeah. see Marjorie finally realize, like, you see that she's going to, even if she has to get her hands dirty, she'll get her hands dirty and, and change the way that she's playing the game. So you still think that she's going to come out on top. And then ultimately the High Sparrow is still the one that that talks Tom into making the, the decisions that really work. In yeah, it's still the bad the guy taking control. Yeah, it's exactly. still like you like Marjorie. You've liked her since the beginning. You don't like the Sparrow. Because, you but know, you started liking him, yeah. Because you knew that he was the he was one of the only people that was not scared. Once he to made, back down, once from he Cersei. made Cersei atone for her sins and everything. That the, the fact that he he controlled Cersei, which you hadn't seen a lot of from anybody. He used his little bit of power. Well, he, that he, he had, had a lot of power. He, well, he did. Yeah, he, he had power, had power the over the ground. Also. Yeah. So, so he controlled Cersei, and that's when you kind of liked him. Was like, damn, this if he, if this dude really wants, he can he can make people pay Tommen for was, all this bad Tommen stuff. Tommen was just a pawn in the game. Yeah, he really was. He was he, just the cog in the wheel. And that's that. the saddest part because he's being controlled. I mean, you and don't he you don't hate the nicest Tommen. of the right. He's still he's still know? a Lannister technically. He's not a Baratheon, but you didn't hate him like Joffrey. No, no. you kind of like the guy. You feel you know he's. He picks up this hot wife just, and she tries to kind of indifferent him. to me. Like, and you're like, yeah, let, let go with the flow, dude. Like, we've yeah. we've gotten to enjoy the death of the evil Lannister child. This season brings us the two good kids right. getting killed off, and you don't like you don't expect that to happen when season six like starts. But the the big scene there is basically, Cersei says, you know, fuck it. I I don't have control of Tommen right now. I need to eliminate everyone that I possibly can that has any influence over my son. And I've got the perfect way to do it. And she was supposed to go to trial. While she's supposed to go to trial, that's when we get introduced into the cellar. And we get to see the wildfire. Which makes sense as to why we got to see the visions from Bran of the Mad King saying burn them all and the wildfire and everything. The whole scene... You know something's not right. You see, it's nice. just it's so it's so calm with Cersei. She's getting dressed. She's wearing that all black outfit, very very similar to the black outfit that Tywin wore right before he got killed. It's all black with the the metal chain getting put across and everything. And while that very 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 calm it's scene a is going difference on, from the, the the usual crimson and gold yeah. we're seeing. You get to see like black, and it's like that's a symbol of mourning and everything. And while that calm calmness of that scene is going on, you get the panic of Marjorie at the high sept. Like Cersei's not here. We need to get out of here. Like something's not right. We need to leave now. And you think like, oh shit, like something is going on. I don't know what's going on yet. Are they all gonna get burned alive? And you're like, oh, there's that 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 glimmer of hope. They're gonna escape. And nope. High Sparrow doesn't let it happen. But even in that scene, that's the first time that you actually get to see him worried and bothered. And you can see the fear, like the, the panic in his face almost. And then before you can even like 
process what's about to happen, boom. Everything goes up in flames. And it's it's really like it's One almost biggest explosions ever. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's almost like the Blackwater Bay, um, the Battle of Blackwater Bay when they used uh, the, the the ship that had all the wildfire on it. It was like that, but it was contained. It was one building. Like that building turned to rubble instant, like immediately. But it wasn't it, just that building. Right. Was, Think yeah. about that's the thing is in in that in the Battle of Blackwater Bay, the people that died were all soldiers. Seriously, yeah, how many innocent people? Was, how many innocent people did she just kill? Just to eliminate the High Sparrow. Just to save herself. Yeah. But to get back, not even like just to save herself, but to also get Tommen back on her for, side. For Marjorie's grips, right. She got rid of Marjorie. She got rid of the High Sparrow. Those were the two, the only two people that we'd really, seen in Thrones her from... that, could, that could override her, what she was whispering in Tommen's ear. So like you just saw just how far she really will go. We thought we'd seen like her low of low when she had Jamie push Bran out the window. Yeah, I always knew she had it in her. And here we are. She's killed hundreds of people, innocent people. She got everyone who was in her way out of her way. And with so pretty it. much a snap of a finger. And that's what we expect from the from the Lannisters. But well, what we didn't that thing what didn't play next. out. Right. And I will never forget sitting there watching that. Like I was uh very intoxicated. I was flying, not from drinking. I was flying at a very high altitude, if you get what I'm saying. And the whole time I'm sitting there, he takes his crown off. And there's just like, there's nothing really, it's very, very serene scene. He takes his crown off. And then they show the window. And I'm sitting there about to have a fucking heart attack. Like this particular episode, I thought I was going to have a fucking heart attack. That shit hits you hard. because. And then all of a sudden, shoo, he I flies thought it was kind of silly because he, he like himself. climbs up into the into the window and like kneels down or whatever. Like, what's he doing? Well, like, you knew that his, <laughs> like the prophecy told that right. she was going to lose all her children. And then here we are. I mean, I didn't see that coming, but like, Tommen right. wasn't very strong. Right, but it was the no. first time you had seen a, a one direct, and it was right away. One direct action had, and that was the direct consequence. She cost her kid his life because he committed suicide. Like Marcella, you know, that was, she, you could blame Tyrion for sending her off or whatever. And even Joffrey, you know, she still controlled him, but you could blame, you know, Elena Martell for that because, or, or she tried to blame Tyrion. You could blame somebody else for her kid dying at this particular time. It was directly affected by something that she did. Even There's, though she's trying to do the best for the Lannisters, that's her whole goal the whole time. Yeah, she's not trying even to do that. the best for herself. Yeah, well, I, that too, I, I disagree. Like, it's herself. Like but Jamie, that's what, the, that's what they Jamie want you to wants believe. to further the Lannister name. Tywin wanted to do that. They would have never done what she just. That's did. that's you know hindsight twenty twenty. At the time though, you f- you think she's doing what is true is best for Lannister, and, and that's where you could see the difference from Jamie, who's very knightly, or I guess you, noble. Uh, noble, noble, noble. He would you would never see Jamie doing something like that, even to get and what he wanted to do. And that's why and she that's kept Game of Thrones. out of there. She was trying to yeah protect but that's, him to get but him that's back, Game but, of Thrones, and that's where you guys Jamie, talk, you talked about earlier as as her being as bad or as psycho as Ramsay, and that right there proves it. You know, if she... she Ramsay never killed that many people. Cersei was more dangerous than Ramsay because of that. Yeah, she had more power. She had more power and was equally as evil and psychopathic as Ramsay was. 
She was just trained from day one to control herself by Tywin. It just now never that seems Tywin's as bad gone because her hands are never bloody. But she doesn't. They're, they're, but Tywin's gone. Dirty. This is the first full season we see Cersei that, yeah, that's true. without Tywin I mean, to be like, "You dumb bitch, she doesn't stop want, fucking she up." She doesn't want Tommen to die though. That's, no, that was my only argument. But, yeah, but she this is her best for Lannisters. But, but this is finally we, we like you get to see her sure. selfish actions actually affect her to the point where she cannot blame anybody else but herself. But she becomes powerful again. And of course, in fitting with Game of Thrones, she gets the crown. She's queen, and she's the queen, even though she's single-handedly the cause. Of all of her children dying, she's now the queen. And that's fitting for Thrones, the way that, that things have shaped up for yes. the Lannisters. So most evil you are, you'll eventually rise to power. That was Ramsay. Ramsay became Warden of the North when he killed his own father and stepmother and brother. But he Because no one else was around. He was in charge Even by though, default because he was married to Sansa and... Um, he was he was all that was left in the north. Even though we get to see the good people finally start to turn things around, even while that's happening, the evilest of the evil still continue to gain oh, more yeah. power oh, yeah. as it goes. And this season, we finally get to see that things aren't always going to shake out perfectly for the Lannisters. We've gotten to see Tyrion get the shit kicked out of him. Be almost murdered, have to murder his love and his dad, and get the fuck out of Dodge and go with Danny. Jamie's lost his hand. Now Cersei's literally lost all three of her kids, as has Jamie. And that's, I think, one of the big things from season six for me is that scene of him and Braun of getting to see the high set and everything with just smoke billowing everywhere. And you finally get to see that, like, Maybe Jamie's not going to stand by Cersei blindly forever. Just that scene of the just like shock and awe on his face, you start to think there, like, all right, he's now seeing what Cersei is actually capable what? of doing. And as, as when she comes back, when she takes her walk of atonement, she comes back and she's a little humble. And so I think he's there then. And so she kind of, I think that's where he's, he finds his opportunity. He's like, I'm going to connect with her. And, you know, he realizes, like, I really love her. I want to be with, with Cersei or whatever. And the first thing she does is she sends him off to the river run. She says, deal with this problem we're having. And he's like, I'd rather stay here with you. And she's like, I don't care. Deal with, go deal with this for the betterment of our family. Or I, I don't remember whatever excuse she used. But that's, yes, like you said. Jamie's got to be kind of a little butthurt about that. It also shows you how sure of herself Cersei is. Like, she ain't taking shit no more. She's, she knows how to get she's stuff done. She's done with the Lannister shit. She's like, I'm going to be queen. I've always wanted to be queen. Everybody talks, but she you talks see it. and gets, There she is. Yeah. You see it. Man. Whatever she, she wants done, fuck accomplish. Around. The only person that could truly prevent her from doing what she's done is Tywin. And even that, yeah, like, the Jamie, reason that... Jamie, but he's, she sends him off, too. Yeah, so. she's off the rails now. She's dangerous. Yeah. Like, even <clears throat> no matter what happens to her, she is extremely, extremely dangerous. She's always been the strongest woman to me, though. She, no, She's so sure of herself and can trick anybody, and she uses anything she can to her advantage. I think 
with her and Baelish, they're very similar in the fact that they are the the main manipulators of everything that happens. Like they're they're generally the ones that don't get blood on their hands. That's why all this shit started. <laughs> they're I mean honestly, they're real sons of bitches. Alright, so one of the people that we uh we have not discussed at all is the hound. Big thing with the hound is this is like really the first time that he's separated from any of the other main characters. And you really get to see like, alright, so we thought maybe the hound was dead, and I remember me and you talking like we didn't see him die on on air. Right. So we're not sure that he's dead. And when you get to see him, he's living this peaceful life, just building churches. And you think that like, oh, the hound has finally found peace. And of course that is very short lived. Right. As is all peace and quiet in, in the throne's land. And big thing with that is he gets introduced to the Brotherhood Without Banners. And the way that happens is you see those three fuckers on the horses and the guy makes the comment about the night nighttime being dangerous. Things progress, we kind of forget about it, and then all of a sudden everyone's dead. The hound's pissed off, it's time to go get blood, and then you see this whole time the hound is peaceful, serene, and now he's back on a on a murderous rampage again. And I'll never forget that scene where he stabs that dude right up in the dick and balls with the axe. Like, just vicious and brutal <laughs> as shit. And his guts I fall totally out. I forgot about that till now. <laughs> just destroy it. Like, when that happens, it's just like, oh, even though he was an evil man, that's still a low blow, dude. Yeah. But he gets it. Excuse me, bubble in my throat. Jeez. Um, introduced to the Brotherhood Without Banners again. You get to see Beric Dondarrion come back. Um, pretty much the last time we saw him was after the Hound had killed him and he gets brought back to life. Right. So you're not really sure what's going to happen, but basically the Hound tells him, like, I want to kill. I want to kill all of them. Let me kill them. Yeah, they pretty much just walk him back He's in. He's like, no, nah, go ahead. Let's just, we'll let you kill one of them. Hangs the, the main dick of the three guys. And then that's pretty much pretty much it with the hound. So as we were saying, like this has by far been our, our longest podcast. But season six, there is so much shit that happens. Yeah. The Starks, most of them are finally in a good spot. Arya, deadly as shit. Sansa, she's back with John. She's with the veil. She's got the veil in her pocket because of Baelish. Um, John is the king of the north. They've got an army. He's killed his his enemies in the north, and he's ready to to you know start marching south on uh, Winterfell. Um, Danny's doing well. She's got the Dothraki army. She's got the Greyjoys. She's got the Martells and the Sands of Dorne. Yeah, she can so start, she starts headed back. It's finally time for Danny to 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 go back to Westeros. Yeah. After doesn't six it, seasons, doesn't it end with her on boats? And... After six seasons, she's finally got a fleet and ready to get to Westeros. Um, Tyrion's in a high spot with Danny. Um, the Lannisters have taken some hits. One big, big thing we didn't hit on was Sansa has found out through Bran of Tarth mm-hmm. that Arya is still alive. Right. So now, out of all the Starks that are actually remaining, Bran. Sansa, Arya, and John. Two of them are together. 
One of them knows that the other one's still alive. Is it confirmed alive. that Rickon's dead? Do we, do no, we Rickon's know? dead. He's dead. He's been stabbed through the heart. I mean, we saw him die on screen. Like, I don't know. It's, it's done. I, that's I always done. question things with Game of Thrones. It's, I understand your, your thought process, but that's pretty much a... Uh, he's zagged when he should have zagged. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, done, Dilly. He ran in a straight line. But, it's his I mean, own fault. I mean, you thought John was dead, so... It's his own fault. It, he's kind of a peon. But like Rickon's not Jon Snow. He's not going to get brought back to life. He's a minor character. Yeah, they brought him back. They brought him back in the in the picture just to kill him off. Or just yeah, to have they, he hadn't been involved in how long? Well, he's a little fucking asshole anyway. So. Yeah, whiny little bitch should have zigged and zagged. Should have yeah. a straight line. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other big thing that's interesting this season is uh, we get to see the uh, the love interest of uh, Tormund and Brienne. You get to see how. Uh, Tormund. How Tormund feels so about Brienne. That was He's like uh, finally a bitch who's big as me. That was an interesting little uh little scene there when he gets to see her. But the big thing, man, is like we've been discussing deaths and yeah. this season was huge. So yeah, just let's run through the list. It's huge. Just off the list of what we've got. You've got Osha, the wildling, dead by Ramsey. Rickon, dead by Ramsey. Question mark. Question mark for Adam. <laughs> Is Rick on dead? Hodor, dead by White Walkers. Uh, Marjorie Tyrell, dead. Cersei. Cersei. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tommen, Cersei. Loras and Laurel Tyrell. Lancel Tyrell. uh, Kevin Lannister, dead. High Sparrow, dead. Hundreds of Innocent People, dead. Cersei. Uh, Roose Bolton, dead by Ramsey. Summer, Dead by wildlings. Shaggy dog no, dead. No, the, the, the wits. Summer died from the wits. The wits? Yeah. The white walkers. The white walkers. Don't correct me. Water Frey and all of his oh, sons dead. Yun Yun the giant dead. Uh, Grand Meister Pycelle. Yeah. One of the most vicious deaths of the season. We didn't even discuss because it kids. doesn't affect the plot line. <laughs> Stabbed merc- mercilessly by little children. Yeah, uh, Balon Greyjoy. Quiburn's little kids. I think that's pretty much it. Like, there were a ton of people dead. There's, this the, season, there's the Waif. The Waif, I didn't bring back. Uh, yeah, Roose Bolton. I said Roose Bolton, didn't I? Yeah, and we said, uh, what's it, Ramsey's stepmom. And yeah. That, I mean, that was... And his, doesn't his wife or his woman... Ramsey's that was woman that died. was the last season. That was the last season. By Theon, Theon finally starts yeah. to come His back. Crazy girlfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm stupid. Like we, mentioned but dude, before. like by far out of any of the seasons, the most deaths. And they this, started knocking out the dude, secondary characters. This like, season no pretty other. much showed you like it's time to get rid of all the excess shit. Let's start focusing on what's important. We're focusing on pretty much the people that are left in season eight. Everyone else has got to go, and we've got to do it. And they did it in a phenomenal way. Nothing felt rushed in the entire season. Every death was well-timed. Like, even, like, Pycelle, his death was in kind of a dull moment. Just to kind of, like, get you back up in it. Like, oh, fuck yeah, fuck that old man. They grizzlied it up to make it, you know. Brutal. (laughs) It was almost as brutal as uh, Sir Merwin Trance. Yeah, it it wasn't boring or anything like that. And I didn't even expect that. You don't expect that gruesome of a death for that minor of a character. But the whole time, like, even though he's been in it through, you know, the first six seasons, you you dislike the guy very yeah, strongly, yes. but you don't hate him like you hated Joffrey right. or Ramsey or something like that. So when something like that happens, even though it's very minor, 
you celebrate it like yeah right he's easily controlled he, and he doesn't have the power to to do anything really but he's easily controlled so yeah but you celebrate his death yeah big victories we get to see Liana Mormont who's probably like my favorite character of all time already and if i swear to god if they kill her off in season 8 she's done i am she's going done. to commit a crime against George R R Martin it's on but whoa, it's, whoa, it's whoa, being whoa. recorded they, right they now they get away from the books man yeah so that's that not was his uh, fault, actually all right true you just saved don't, his life don't yell at him you saved his life that was honestly one of the most interesting things about watching season 6 was this was like the first Complete real departure season from the books I got to watch this with my brother-in-law, Dusty, who I've watched it with a ton. He had no idea what was going to happen. Watching the the years that this season took off his life was, <laughs> was very gratifying to me. Yeah. Not for his pain, but for him to finally understand how I felt through six seasons without reading the books. And I remember, I don't know what episode it was, but we went outside and I was smoking a cigarette. And he's like, I I don't know how you did this. I was like, what? I don't know how you did this for six seasons. Not knowing what was going to happen. That's how I watched them. I didn't read the books first. I watched the Terrifying. But that leads up to a uh, very, very big season seven, which I'm excited to cover. So, follow us on Twitter. Look us up under Winter is Here because the uh, Twitter handle that Twitter gave us is trash. They don't, Matt they don't Bechtel on Twitter. Right. We also have an Instagram now, which is what? Winter is Coming, GOT1. That's the Instagram handle. Follow Filthy Phil on Twitter. Yeah, Jack in the Box 85 man. on Twitter. We'll see you guys season seven. Thanks for listening.